0: Welcome to Northgate Christian
1: Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis.
0: All right, so uh, this morning we have a really cool uh, experience for you. I think you guys are here for a reason today. Um, This morning, uh, we get to share with you about a trip just got to do to Uganda, Africa, just over a month ago in April with um, Rick, Small, and myself. And so to start this morning, there's a video we spent... um, uh, Twelve days over there is a 13-day trip, and um, I had over four hours of video and over 1,200 pictures that I had to condense into a song. <laughs> so it's pretty intense. <laughs> uh, it was really intense for us, so uh, just check out this video, and then uh, we're going to get to share some amazing stories with you. All right, so... This isn't what happens when you go to Africa. Oh, it is. <laughs> we, we waited to have some reconstructive surgery. And <laughs> What's in the water? <clears throat> it was a plane um, ride. <laughs> yeah, it was the plane ride. That's a good one. I like it. So, uh, so that was a video we uh, took. Like I said, it was uh, lots and lots of hours of, of uh, video uh, with my little flip cam in my, in my hand. And just to try to give you guys uh, just a touch of what we uh, experienced. So um, we got to go to uh, Africa um, uh, just uh, this um, April 5th through the 18th. And uh, that all started because in November, Ken was gone in Uganda with Hope for Kids, who we've been working with for the last 15 years, um, and specifically in Africa for the last seven or eight uh, the entire time that they 've been in Africa, and uh, he was over there, so we did um, something called Nickels for Nets, where we took you know the change that you guys had in your pockets for three weeks um, the the students and then um, the schools got involved, a lot of people in the community got involved and in raised money so we could go and buy nets and then have nets for kids to keep them from getting malaria and so this was really the end result of that one little month push campaign, and so we got to go over there and actually give out these nets. And this is my RB. It's Rick. Room Buddy. Yeah, Room Buddy is what that stands for. Uh, him and I went together, so we always were like, RB. He's, 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 my, he's my bud. And uh, we got to go enjoy the accommodations of Africa and another continent. And uh, Two and a half
1: stars. Easy on this hotel. <laughs> uh,
0: we slept under a giant jellyfish, which was our net every night to keep us from getting malaria and the mosquitoes off of us. And um, so... Um, when I was getting the opportunity to go on this trip, I was looking for somebody to go with me so I wouldn't be going alone. And so I reached out to Rick small and, um, asked him if he would go. So Rick, I was going to ask, I mean, you know, have you ever been on a trip like this
1: before? I had never been on a trip. I know that many in this congregation, which, you know, I am. I'm proud to say have been on it. I mean that shows that there's a lot of care in this, and of course Ken's been Mm -hmm. many times kicked out of a few countries himself. So, what about?
0: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) What what about a a missions trip? I mean, just in general,
1: something like this.
0: Not at all. No. Yeah. Sponsored
1: sponsored kids, but never been on a mission.
0: Yeah. And uh, uh, if you mind saying,
1: uh, how old are you now? I am 29. Yeah. (laughs) Times? Times two. Little math here. Fifty-eight. So he actually had his 58th
0: birthday while we were there. Yeah, we we did we. we I mean, it was really cool because we we did nothing <laughs> yeah. while we were there. I mean, we're in Africa. I I, I think it included a high five. <laughs> yes. Hey man, Maybe. good for you. Good job. Go eat some beans. Beans. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So um, so this being your first trip, um, and you know um, your experiences. What what expectations did you have going? Going on a trip, first of all, and then, you know, second of all, going over to another continent, you know, over the big pond kind of right. deal.
1: Well, the plane ride was fun. Ten hours in one stretch and nine in the other. And, you know, you were right there with me <laughs> the whole time. Um, it was, you know, you, uh, you hear the stories and, and they're amazing stories, but you can't experience the emotion until you actually are there and you're involved with the children, with the women. It's, it's just amazing. It's hard to bring that back. So I was glad you did a good job on the video. But it's, it's an amazing experience. So what were your expectations beforehand? Expectations I mean, were, I, you know, you guys raised the uh, money for the Nets. I was looking forward to handing them out to the children. Didn't know what that was going to mean. Uh, seeing the three children that Kima and I, um, um, orphans that we sponsor over there, and maybe doing some painting.
0: Sweet. So basically, you knew you had to get a lot of shots and you were going to be
1: in another country for
0: a while and then come home. So uh, that's uh, that's that's great. My uh, expectations uh, as I went over was, um, first of all, the nets uh, to get the opportunity to go over there and hand out these nets that we had raised the money for and to give them all out to the the children uh, that would come into contact over there. And second of all, was really just an extension uh, to really be James one twenty seven. And uh, as you saw up in the video, I'm going to read it again for you because it was really the foundation um, for the reason uh, we did this campaign. And it says this uh, in James 1:27: 27, religion um, that God, our father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted uh, by the world. And so it, I went over there just really getting to expect to do that, to go and help orphans and widows in their distress by giving out nets and um, to kind of see um, what else happened from there. The other thing that I expected to do is, for those of you who don't know, we sponsor a village over there in Uganda. It's called Bukaya. And when you think of village in your imagination you're really thinking of Bukaya. I mean, it's like take a a goat trail for an hour off into the boons, I don't know, forest, rainforest, uh, the land, and all of a sudden there's people in like little huts. And um, we got to go and visit uh, our village uh, that we uh, five years ago um, raised money for to sponsor. We drilled a well there to give them fresh water, a borehole. We built a, uh, a church facility or a place they can worship. Uh, We now have a pastor's house there. And what we got to do is go and paint. We took a couple of people from our group with us to go paint uh, a new medical clinic where people from the surrounding area, thousands of people can come here um, to try to receive medicine or any kind of help. And so we got to go there and paint that. And what we're there painting Um, it was almost like we were in Africa because we saw one of those, we had one of those uh, uh, storms like you see on the Discovery Channel, I mean like where they're talking about there's drought and then it's flooding immediately like in two minutes it was sun shining and two minutes later drenched soaking wet, never even felt rain that big hitting me, it was like buckets literally, it was was really fun, it was like man this is like Africa and then I realized we were there (laughs) (laughs) it was one of those wake up calls um and so it was, it was an amazing experience to go and see the church um, that we've been investing into and Pastor Godfrey, who since December we've been supporting uh, to invest into and pour into that community and just love on them. Um, and then we also had the opportunity because we were there. Everywhere you go, they want to be a good host, just like you want to be a good host when you have someone over and um, so we got to go have a meal in the pastor's house. And um, it, it, was, it was very humbling because you don't really want to eat uh, the food there. I mean, their food, <laughs> because it's, it's, it's not, um, it's like food for a week for some of them that they're presenting you with that they don't have. And uh, the food is already, you're kind of worried about because we're all sketched out about it and worried about it. Um, but what a humbling experience to go there and be, and be fed and taken care of by them um, just because we were visiting, because we were showing the love of Christ there and they felt it. And so we enjoyed uh, the meal. It was really good. We, um, you know, we, we talked about some people were kind of blown away. We we're sitting there and there's a bunch of hornet's nests above us. I mean, it wasn't like a house like you'd normally uh, experience. And we had food. What did you think of the food? Food was
1: edible. <laughs> And it was actually, it was, it was great. It was very it was, good. You know, rice, beans, they had this, this flat bread. If you've ever had lefsa before, it's a little bit different. It's called chapate, and it's, it's just so good. It's it like
0: is, a flour and lard cooked. Yeah. It's fantastic.
1: It's, yeah. Picture flour and lard, and it's really good. It's <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then And then, because they don't have the electricity, everything is fixed, you know, immediately. So they bring out, here's the rice, here's the beans, here's the chapate, and here's the animal. Could you maybe define animal, just squeeze it down to what genre it was involved with? Yeah, Yeah.
0: we were there with uh, the the other group that we took. We took some of those people with us and we're sitting in the home and I'm explaining to them, hey, you know, it's, you know, we need to do this. I know some of you are freaked out about eating the food because, you know, don't drink the water, all that kind of deal. Because your stomach. And I was like, you gotta try to buy something. I mean, these people are sacrificing, and it's, it, you, you'll, it's rude. It's more than rude. I don't even know how to explain it. But just try it. I mean, at least look like you're doing a sniff it. I don't know. And then he's like out of the room, and he comes back in to check on us, and he goes, okay, it's almost ready. I'm gonna go check on the animal. And everyone just looks at me like, did he just say to check on the animal? What does that mean? And I'm like, I don't make sure know. it's
1: completely dead.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, no, but it was so good. It was great. And uh, when we had gotten there, um, before we had gotten there, they were already like going at it. But when we gotten there, the, 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 the little um, building they have where they do church, um, they, there had been uh, hand drums and these women and children and stuff. They had been singing, I mean, singing their heads off and worshiping uh, there um, before we got there and the hours. I mean, we got there like at two in the afternoon or so. And then we went to eat at like five, maybe, and nonstop. I mean, it was beautiful listening to it outside as we were working and in the rain and not in the rain. It was crazy, like Africa. And then we had this meal, and um, all of a sudden someone comes in and says, we need the pastor. And so I had the opportunity to go over there and give a message and to speak to our church. Uh, And it was um, uh, just before we were going to have a churching. they're, They're having their church service. Well, we are kind of deal. And so um, it was so wet, and it was gross, and I actually slipped and fell in the way. All the kids was laughing because I was all muddy, so I wasn't looking like I was all ready to go. Unfortunately, I had another shirt to put on over top of what I was wearing, and I got in there, and it was beautiful out at that time. It had cleared up, and it was beautiful, and um, got to then uh, experience some worship uh, with them, and then started giving this message. I'm telling you, I gave one of the best messages of my life, but nobody heard it because then the rain came back, and, and Rick, you can... I mean, Larry, Larry would back. speak,
1: and then um, the pastor would interpret. So Larry was speaking of when the, um, the folks lowered the para- paraplegic through the, the roof to Jesus. So he lowered the uh, paralyzed man through the roof, and, and the pastor was going, like this, and then it started raining, and not a little drizzle. And I'm sure you can't really hear this, but I was sitting on the side listening. I was thinking, oh, my gosh, all I hear is this noise here. Just put it up your mic. It's not static. No, it's not static. That's Larry yelling at the top of his lungs and the pastor trying to interpret with like antelope running on the ceiling, okay? And it was, I mean, it was, it was amazing. So he looks over, I just went.
0: <laughs> I was like, I'm bringing it. It's good. I was screaming. I was looking at him. He's like, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm just going to bring it too. And then... <laughs> And I know it was good, too, because uh, we had the little flip cam, and he had it, and I looked at it later, and he's, like, videotaping it. And then he turns, and he's not mouthing it. He's screaming as loud as he can. I think it's raining, but all you can see is, because it's so loud. Uh, so that was really cool. And then uh, the next day, we got to go to True Vine Ministries, which is um, the, the main church there that this is, uh, all these villages are a branch out from here. And Pastor Wilbur um, invited us there to enjoy church with them, and then I got to give a message there as well. Pastor Wilbur is one who came here in October, if you were back here then, started this church with just chairs and uh, speaking to an empty room. And there's uh, over a thousand people now a part of this uh, ministry that he has and uh, the community that he's serving. And we got there late on, on purpose. Uh, we got there like three hours late uh, because they do the same thing. It was just singing and worship. They're like, you, you cannot handle it. I remember I was saying, you know, how long should I talk? You know, about that. I usually talk about 20, 30 minutes maximum. Back home, he's like, oh, no, no, no. No, we're like four hours. (laughs) I don't even think I can make up stuff for that long. (laughs) Let alone the room will be empty at the end. It won't fill up. (laughs) And so so, uh, we got there late. They were doing worship, and we stayed there for then for like another two hours of singing songs and worship. They put us up front with the fans. They had a generator going for us for fans because they were worried about us. Just taking care of us, being great hosts to us. Uh, it was very humbling. And um, while we were, well, just before I got to speak, they had a partition. They dragged this partition out of them. I mean, they're jumping around, singing and praising. And this woman puts on this uh, apron, you know, with the, like, splash protector on the front. And they get towels and a water basin. And there's all these women doing things and put the partition. And well, we're sitting at an angle where we can kind of see behind the partition and in front. And all of a sudden, they carry this woman in who is screaming, who is majorly pregnant. And I'm like, no way. No way. And they put her behind here. And they're, like, screaming. And the lady gets down. And they're, like, doing stuff. Like, oh, my gosh. No way. And I'm looking. Take a picture. No, don't take a picture. And we're like, oh, we don't know what to do. And we kept doing is this really happening? It's like, we're in Africa. I mean, is this, like, normal at church celebrating life? And all of a sudden, they pulled out a baby. We're like, no way. Oh, man. No way holding it up, celebrating, and then the lady gets up and is it, and then we realize it's a drama. Oh, my gosh. Freaked us out, man. I was freaking out. I forgot what I was going to talk about. It was, oh, man. And then they come up, and they're like, yeah, that's a drama. And, and, it, was, and it was to tell, tell people, respect your mother. Remember what she goes through for you. Yep. I, I got the point.
1: We need to have more drama at our yeah. church. Yeah, we need to.
0: I mean, that stuff really connects, man. Hey, Mom, I love you. That looked not fun. <laughs> Especially if you're in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> so so then I got to get up and uh, give a message. Man, it was just a, a blessing. It was really cool to be a part of that. So, Rick, you, uh, you, know, you, you told us all what you expected going over there, going into this. Um, what, when you got there, did you not expect? What kind of, like... You know, popped you in the face that you weren't ready for, that you weren't planning on experiencing when you we were there?
1: Well, you know when you're, um, you're flicking through a magazine, you come to a page, you're going, oh, look at this poor orphan, or look at this water source, it's horrible, and you turn the page, or it comes on TV and you change the channel. But to, to be there, and, and we went to a number of villages where they were dedicating wells that Hope for Kids had, had dug for them. But beforehand, they took us to what they called their original source, where they were originally getting water. And it's, it's water that looks like this. And you're thinking, when you're walking and you stop there, and then these women are taking these five-gallon jerry cans and filling them up and probably puts them about 40 pounds, and then putting them on their head or shoulders and carrying them two, four, five, ten miles back to the village, and then they drink it. And you just can't believe it. And then the one picture that you saw in the video where they had this one here, where it was just a hole with these logs in it. And I had put this on my Facebook, and one of my friends said, you know, I can't make out what that is, Rick. Is that their latrine? I said, no, that's where they get their drinking water. They they go down on these logs, and they, they try to get their can in there to bring their water out. Well, this particular hole here, earlier in the year, two young children had died. They had drowned because they don't do recreational swimming in Uganda. So when they fell in the water, they're scratching at the side and finally they just drown. And that's, that's what we go and turn the faucet on. This is what they go through to get um, water every single day, mm. every single day. And they walk miles, they walk kilometers to do this. <clears throat> so I was... I mean, I, we, we talked about we wouldn't even wash our feet. Oh, no, I would think... water. What, yeah, it would be the point. Yeah. So... So to bring it back, you know, again, to, to, to try to show the emotion of it is very hard, but I thought, you know, I need to keep this going. So Larry and I decided to, through Hope for Kids, um, put together this, the Benicia Water Project, where we're going to hopefully raise enough money for 10 wells by the end of this year. And um, yes, they are expensive, but Hope for Kids is one of the organizations, they, they dig down further than any other um, company does in Uganda. And they all but guarantee hitting water. The other companies will go down maybe 100, 150 feet and say, well, didn't find it. Thanks for the money. See you later. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I respect what they do there. And then also um, found out that our church, Northgate, will be um, doing a walk for water in September. So we're going we're gonna, to um, partnership with that to hopefully bring um, bring together contributions that will help raise money for for this fresh water, and um, we're looking forward to partnering with the church to work that too. It's on the Hope for Kids International website. If you go there, right there, bam, it pops up, Benicia Water Project, so if you're interested in that. Now, we uh, saw
0: amazing contrast. You didn't really talk about that too much, but in the video, I mean, explain that a little bit from going to the original water source to... Oh, it
1: was, it was amazing. When you, you saw um, when in the video where Larry said, you noticed in the last place there was not much singing and dancing because they didn't have that water, but now they have these the water, and, they're, and it's water, it's beautiful, and it's a hand pump, but it's, it's backed up. There's, there'll be 50 jerry cans where they're just waiting to do it, but when you drove up the first time, we came to this one village, and you're in this rickety old bus, and it's dusty, you could tell my face was just a mess, but the kids are singing beautifully and dancing, and they're carrying these, these um, tree branches, and I, I said to Tom, I said, What's with the branches? Well, it's it's kind of significant to the palm branches when Jesus came into, in, into Jerusalem. They don't think of us as Jerusalem uh, as Jesus, but they think of us as bringing them life. And again, we take it for granted. We we grab a bottle of water or we turn on a tap, but they're thinking, I get to see fresh water for the first time in my entire life, first time ever just blew me away. Yeah,
0: it really was a, an eye-opening experience when you get there and see the, the emotions of it, of really the gift of life and fresh water. I mean, it's, it's overwhelming. They're not um, thanking you. Um, they're thanking God for you and that they are, are going to be healthy. They have an opportunity to be healthy. I mean, these are thousands of people using one water source and drinking from this. Um, what I didn't expect when I went over there was the amount of kids. I knew there was a lot of kids, and I've traveled over to Ethiopia when we got our son. But um, going here, I wasn't expecting the amount of kids that we're going to run into and really the, the devastation um, of a generation. Let me give you a few statistics. In Uganda, 49% of Uganda, the whole country, not a state, the whole country, is under 14 years old. There's a a whole generation that's missing due to um, AIDS, malaria, which we talked about, and um, traffic accidents, which are like bicycles or motorcycles and stuff. Um, There's over 3 million orphans in Uganda right now, and it's growing at a rate of 200,000 a year due to this uh problem over there. And so really everywhere we went and you can see this in some of these pictures, I mean it was overwhelming how many kids there were. Um there there was it was really kind of tough to come by uh, many adults. Uh they just weren't around. Couldn't even say where they were. I mean most all these kids were orphans. And um to be able to bring them those mosquito nets was such uh, a blessing. I mean, it was, you knew that you were making a difference in a person's life. You knew by handing that, that you were, you were realistically saving lives because in one of these pictures, uh, you'll see that there's a kid uh, laying that looks very sick on another boy and he has malaria. And so you're seeing life and death. uh, You're giving life and seeing death really happening there. There was a a boy that probably died the next day, we were, we were at a, a, a place called Smile Africa, and we went there to feed these street kids, and there was hundreds of them. Um, in the video, you saw them all sitting down waiting to get a meal. They get a meal a day for free. This um, organization gives them a meal a day for free. For some of them, it's their only meal of the day. For some of them, it's the only meal of the week. Um, they come. Some of them have clothes. Some of them don't. I mean, these are all kids off the street that work their way there. And uh, there was a, a little child on the ground on the concrete of this little overhang that they had built there in a glaze. And I was, like, kept touching him because we were playing and hanging on each other and wasn't involved. And, I, and we got really worried about this little child because and, and they weren't moving. Everybody else was just kind of running around. So I went to somebody and said, oh, man, I'm, like, really worried about that I killed They're, like, really sick. And they're, like, yeah, they're, there's really nothing you can do. They, they have malaria. They're probably going to die, like, the next day. And I'm sure that's exactly what happened because – They just don't have the things to do for them. I mean, they can give them food and give them love. And the other thing that I wasn't really ready uh, for and and then I got to experience is there was no begging like you see here. No one looking for handouts. They were just looking for love and attention, man. They were just happy you were there. It wasn't reaching out for something. It was reaching out the touch and the feel. And you have arm hair. That's really cool. And like you saw them lift up, you know, lift up like a little ride, just lifting them up off the ground. And they're hanging all over you to the point where I had to actually leave at one moment to get away because I was getting overwhelmed with just all these kids. And they're just happy. They're all smiling. They're not looking at you droopy and sad. I mean, they're like so happy to see you and just to spend the day with you. You made their week. You made their month just by being. I didn't have to go there and give them money or give them things, or even give them a net. It was just me being there and loving on them unconditionally and just spending time with them. It made everything for them. And that was a realization I had to come to. So, um, Rick, uh, what was uh, your, one of your takeaways from this experience?
1: Well, <clears throat> again, the whole time, I felt like, no offense, Ken up there going, just emotional. You know, every time we go see a whale, I was emotional. You go to see Smile African, these little kids, I'm emotional. It's like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with He you? cried a lot. I know. So
0: I kept looking over. I was like, how are you doing? I
1: don't know. I'm a mess. So um, one day, Tom says, well, listen, we're going to go, those who want to go to the, um, the hospital in Tororo and pray um, for the men and women there. Sounds, you know, harmless enough. So, you know, we went over there and... Um, there's a picture of it. It's just this, it's this building, long building. As you can tell, it's open because there's mosquito nets over them. And it's just this rickety bed with a, a, a thin mattress. And probably half the mattresses have a sheet. The rest don't. And they're just laying there. They're just laying there. And it has actually improved over the last year or so because now, once a day, they get 800 milligrams of Tylenol. So if you're there from a motorcycle accident, malaria, yellow fever, whatever it is, you get 800 milligrams once a day. And you get one meal once a day. That's it. That's It used to be kind of like you check in, you don't check out. Now, slowly, some people are actually hitting. So as I was going in, I just stopped and I had a, an African friend with, with me who was going to interpret for those who didn't speak English. And so... But when I got to the door, it was like you just, you're overwhelmed by this look and kind of the stench that hits you. And, you know, we pray. You know, we pray every day. We pray for our friends. We pray for our families. We pray for for this and that. And we go about our day. But before I walked into that room, I really felt God speak to my heart and say, you know, Rick, don't step into that room if you don't feel your prayers are going to do any good don't step in and just throw a prayer down and pat them on the head and walk out because you're wasting their time and you're wasting everybody's time and it it just hit me so hard that boy you know these these guys are looking at me like who are you and what are you going to do for me and i just felt like my prayer has to count right now it has to count because these guys really have nothing they have nothing we had three guys that came to christ as we came through there and I know a couple that, that they just looking at them probably didn't make it through that week. It's another situation where it's just life and death just right in your face. So the takeaway for me was, was just once again is <clears throat> when I do pray, I need to know that that prayer is going to make a difference or it's not really worth praying for. That's mm-hmm. really what I felt.
0: Uh, my big takeaway was, um, uh, like I said, the thing I didn't expect was the kids, but my big takeaway is that we uh, can do something. We can do something about it. Um, And uh, there's so many orphans that even while we're over here, we can play a part in James 1.27. That we can help take care of widows and orphans in their distress. Real quickly about widows. You know, we really got to see that whole thing happen. Um, You saw at the end of the video, those women clapping. Um, What we did is, uh, those were widows. We got to go and wash their feet, which was a huge deal for me because I have a major foot phobia. And so, uh, wash these women's feet and try to give them, you know, like a spa treatment and put Vaseline over their legs. And, I mean, you, they don't have shoes over there. Many of them don't. And so, I mean, you felt the years of grinding and pain on those feet and those legs and it was a major deal for them to be loved on like that as a woman number one number two um, men don't serve women over there and so it was really cool like we said there's so many kids over there for those kids to see another man serving a woman and that learning that they got from seeing that and a lot of those women, too, have been um, abused, um, sexually abused, mentally, physically abused by a man. And so to have a man, number one, kneel down and serve them, but to the love on them unconditionally was a huge experience for them. We also then uh, painted their fingernails. Uh, it was really weird, but I did it, you know. <laughs> then, then we put lipstick on their lips. Uh, that's why she had lipstick on her lips. And then gave them a scarf and a hoe for gardening. you know, give them a shot at some food and then had a mirror and showed them a mirror. And for a lot of these women, that's the first time they ever saw themselves in a mirror what they look like, and they saw what they got as dignity. They saw how beautiful they were and they were taken care of. So it was really taking care of, you know, the widows, but we can help take care of these orphans. And I, this week I've been praying about it and really feeling my heart as we were getting ready to to share this is, um, Oh, for kids, I asked them, I want everything from Africa. I feel like this community in Northgate, that we can help these orphans in their distress. So they send me everything they have from the whole continent of Africa that they have, that they, that they work with, and we put it on your chairs. And I think you sat where you're sitting for a reason, and they're sitting there for a reason. So I'm not gonna dig in too deep on this, but there, there's something you can do today, and that's sponsor a kid. You can give them a chance. We saw it's $31 a month, it's a dollar a day. And you, make a, you give these guys a chance. Uh, you're not going to, you know, um, it's not going to be anything over extravagant. It's going to be giving them a chance to make it. You're getting them school education, water, shoes, a net, those sorts of things just by your sponsoring. Um, you'll see a pictures up there of the two children that my children sponsor. Madeline, my daughter, sponsors a three-year-old the same age as her. And Malachi, our son, sponsors a two-year-old named Silvarius, and I got to meet them uh, in person and uh, gave them uh, some coloring crayons, a toothbrush, and some shoes so that way they can pin each other and connect with one another. And um, to see the difference that they're getting to make with one another and that my kids are getting to grow up with other kids on another continent. And, 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 and though they may not have the same exact lifestyle, they still have the same thing in common. that They love one another. And there's, they'll get to learn about the Lord. They'll get to learn about love from somebody else and as they pen pal. And so I want you, uh, Ken, uh, Rick's going to tell about his experience real quick. But just look at that for a second and just hold on to that kid and I'll explain it to you in just one more minute. So you have been sponsoring. Uh, you sponsor three, but you sponsor one girl specifically for five years. Yeah. And you got the chance to meet her. Kima quick, and I you sponsored
1: three, um, two boys and a girl. And the little girl we sponsor is Susan, and um, she's 13. So she had to travel six hours from her village to get to Truvine, this this main place, with her uncle. And um, her 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 parents are, are died of AIDS or whatever. And the uncle thing was a little sketchy. Um, but she was just so small for 13. But you know to see her, and when we met, she immediately got down on both her knees. You know, as a as a sign of honor in that. And the like psychic just tore me up you know so we we visited we would brought some gifts for her and such and we visited for a while and then when it was time to leave i got down on my knees to hug her and she got down on her knees and she just hugged me and says i love you and it's like oh my gosh i couldn't speak it was just yosemite <laughs> falls rolling down here um, and i'm excited to meet her and he's oh, like Grr, yeah. Grr. i'm like he means well <laughs> you
0: know, he, you know. And
1: she's probably thinking what's wrong with this guy you know it's like <laughs> But it was just such a beautiful thing and, but she had been kind of moved around and I asked Elizabeth who's in charge of the orphans I said why is she so small well the uncle's been moving she's, she can never get connected into a school she's missing, you know, missing meals and everything she really needs to be at this place True Vine so you know, I checked with Kima and she said oh my gosh please just have him do it so we just did it immediately and kicked it up and now she's in this beautiful True, True Vine which is a boarding, boarding school and it's, it's amazing and so I just got an email from Elizabeth the other day, and now she's there now. And it's just is just, so thankful that, to see that. So, so when you think that you're just doing this and throwing money out, you're not. You're not. You sponsor a kid, you write them a letter, and bam, they write you the letter back saying, hey, my favorite thing is to roll a stick down the road. And you're going... Well, my favorite thing is to buy five more video games for my kids. What's going on? You know, it's like, so it's, their life is so simple. And to get that letter from you.
0: So you may not be able to uh, sponsor a kid. And this this is the real quick uh, thing I'm going to tell you because I'm running out of time. There's just so much to say. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So there's that kid in front of me. And the first thing I want you to do, the first thing that we can all do and the biggest thing we do is just pray for them. They just need your prayers. That These kids are real kids, so don't walk away with them. These are kids that are waiting to be sponsored. These kids have all been waiting three to six months to get sponsored, and really their whole life uh, to, to have some help. And these are orphans, so they don't have any help. They're helping themselves. And those are some of the stories we've got to tell you and see. And, and you really have an opportunity for life change. And there's pamphlets that tell you what that gets, but there's kids around you. If there's not a kid around you, you see one laying around, you can pick it up. And uh, we're going to sing a song. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing a song in just a second. I just want you to pray for that kid and think about it. You'd fill out the section on the right if you want to do it. You can ask me questions. You can ask Rick questions. In a moment after the song, we're going to have these tables up here where you can come and you turn this stuff in and fill it out. If it's something you're like, I need to think about it for a week, don't take it home with you because, like I said, that's a real kid, and I don't want to lose them. Uh, I know they're on a piece of paper, but leave it there. And if you're looking for a kid and you want to sponsor a kid, look around on the chairs I really feel like in my heart. I feel like God's been saying this all week. I asked her for everything from Africa, which was like a hundred kids. Um, to, that, that, I didn't want to send anybody back. I think that we can do that. I'm praying that we can do that. I have faith that we can do that. But I don't want to make it overwhelming on you. So I'm going to stop my spiel. It's not even a spiel. It's just a, it's just a loving way to say this is an opportunity to do James one twenty seven to experience that. And you all have your own experience and stories. So you can fill out that one side, and you're going to get to take that picture, your picture. That's your kid. And in a week, you'll get a welcome packet, but you'll take that home today, that child. If not, just pray for that child and leave it on your seat. Someone else can find it. And if not, the last thing is, if you, if you uh, say, I want a specific kid, you know, kind of like I did. I want someone that's you know, this gender and this age to partner up with or whatnot. Um, let me know. Um, and and they'll help partner. But like I said, this is the whole continent of Africa, what they have is in here, in this room. They send it to us, and they need it so bad, and we can do it, this community and this church. So I'm going to pray. We're going to sing a song. I'll come back and dismiss you.
1: Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.